Worldwide Sports Talk with Michael Merlo and John Michael Masiri on the SND Podcast Channel. Here we go, episode 75 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo. I'm joined as always by John Michael Masiri. JM, how are you doing on this perfectly fall crisp day? Nope, nope, nope. Not not perfect. Perfect. Not perfect. Seeing my phone and checking the temperature, seeing 58 degrees. Look at that. 58 degrees. Not nope. Did not put a smile on my face. Uh, no more warm weather for now. Well, you know, we'll have a couple of warmer days, but no more, overrated. no more tans. This not is good. grit. This is New York grit. Okay. Not You're grit. You deal with the cold. You deal with the elements because you love this state. You love this city. Mm-hmm. No. Grit. New York grit. Hey, listen, has- living in New York is cool. Oh no! Why did my why is my thing going off? My okay, my Amazon. I can't say the name because then she'll turn on. Okay, we're good. Um, yeah, no, New York is cool. Living here, weather wise, though, it's not cool. not the and, best. And you have grit, and somebody else has grit. Aaron Judge has grit. Although Thursday night, I thought he had a walk off home run to tie Roger Maris for sixty one, but he didn't. It was caught at the warning track. But either way, the Yankees did win the game and clinch a postseason spot. And we'll talk a little bit about the Yankees in a little bit. But we are going to start off with Aaron Judge, who not only is about to tie the American League home run record, but right now today he would win the Triple Crown. Mm-hmm. And that is something that has never been done by something that has never been done by a Yankee is this. So you've had a couple of guys hit 60 home runs. Maris, Ruth, now Judge is at 60. And you've also had a couple of guys hit for the Triple Crown, Gehrig and Mantle. Neither of them hit 60 and had the Triple Crown in one year, and Judge has the chance to do that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the names that are being thrown in the conversation with Judge's name are uh, crazy, obviously. I mean, you just named some of the greatest players to ever walk the earth. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're all, whether you're a Yankee fan or not, we're all extremely uh lucky to be witnessing this right now definitely this is the most memorable season of uh, an individual player that i have uh a team on a team that i'm a fan of in my life by far um and it, it, it might be you know one of if not the most memorable ones we see in sports in a really long time so it's been fun um I'm going to be at the game on Sunday. I'm really hoping that he hits either 61 or 62 when I go, hopefully right into my glove. Probably not. You're but you're in right field, right? I'm in right field in the first row. So it's going to have to be like a porch job, like a, yeah. a little pop fly. Maybe I reach over the wall, Jeffrey Mayer type beat. Do it. Exactly. That'd be perfect. Uh, it, it is insane. We'll talk about the ball uh, in one second. But I do want to talk about just how impressive this year is. And we've been comparing. So many people have been trying to compare, you know, this year to Barry Bonds or seasons that Mark McGuire have had. And A, it should be an honor that this season is being compared to guys of, of those likes. But to me, the most impressive part is that two weeks, the start of September, even, you know, over two weeks ago, right? His batting average was sitting high 290s, 
okay? The, the Triple Crown wasn't really a thought. It was. It didn't seem possible. But the fact that this guy has now raised his batting average to, what is it, 316, 317 now? 316, yep. And he's in the lead or, you know, right there. Right there. Is he still in the lead? He is, yep. Bogarts went like over five last night, so. The fact that he is still, that he's in the lead after being, you know, not even close to it right. a couple of weeks ago, I think the triple crown right now is, this might be crazy, I think it could be looked at as more impressive than what he's done with the home runs because the home runs have felt kind of inevitable. But the triple crown is like, a, it's like a comeback story. Right, well, yeah, the triple crown is a fresh thing, like you just said. We We were kind of expecting... At one point with the home runs, like, all right, he's still on pace. He's still on pace. Um, but how about this? If I would have said to you in the offseason, um, whether it's Aaron Judge or anybody else, what do you think is more likely this year? A guy hits, breaks Roger Maris's home run record or somebody gets the triple crown? What do you think your answer would be? What's more impressive? What do you think? No, what do you think is more likely to happen? I would probably say the home run record. Really? I would say the opposite. I'd say because you don't have control over the triple crown. I, yeah, a good point. But like, for example, when Miggy won it, he only hit like what 44 homers or something, which obviously that's a lot still, but it's not 65 or whatever judge is going to end up with. I don't know. I, I, I think because it's a, it's multiple stats and there are some things that you don't have control over with judge. Like it just, if I don't know, it, it's felt inevitable all year. And I feel right. like since we've been talking about it all year, maybe, you know, it's kind of, I deep appreciate it. I don't know. I don't appreciate, but I do believe me. I mean, I sat there every at bat while I was watching the Thursday night football game and I put Fox on my phone just right. to make sure I watched his at-bats yesterday. And by the way, the Boston Red Sox look like they have absolutely no intention of pitching to this guy. Yeah. And for their sake, rightfully so, uh, we could argue about that in a minute. But and either way, it's insane. And I know that, you know, we've been talking offline about how, you know, you, you believe this is just as impressive or even more impressive than what Bonds and McGuire have done. And I'm kind of on that side. And that's basically, you know, a – Hall of Fame, steroids, do you count it? Do you view those records as number one? Uh, that That's that kind of debate, and I don't know if you want to get into that. Because mm. it's like it's, it's different. Mm. It's, it's almost like a steroid, non-steroid. Well, you know. All right, listen, this is, this is what – this is my stance on all that stuff. Yankee, judge, like, it's not even me because it's judge and now I'm going to be biased and blah, blah, blah. I've been arguing with my brother about Barry Bonds for a decade. I just think that those that era happened. We're not going to ignore that it happened. We can all their stats can stand and whatever. But me personally, I'm not going to view those records and compare them to the records that are being set now. You know what I mean? Like I can't. Everybody says like, "Oh, well, it's a different era." Then like, okay, then why are we even? comparing them in the first place like we talk about the the dead ball era or back then guys are hitting 420 and blah 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 nobody really cares about those records you know these guys that are they would lead the league in home runs and have four home runs in 1905 or whatever was going on back then so it's kind of the same thing like 
Bonds, uh, Bonds was juiced up, obviously. Maguire was juiced up. I mean, the year Bonds hit 73, didn't Maguire hit 62 or something like that? Yeah. Something like that. 64, whatever the hell he hit. Um, So, I'm going to view Aaron Judge's 60, whatever he gets when he passes Maris. And me personally, that's going to be the record. I'll view him as the home run king. And I think that's what's so great about baseball because – Listen, Major League Baseball says Bonds is number one. He's 73. In their record book, books, it's 73, although they don't put him in the Hall of Fame. But, well, Major League Baseball doesn't really have a say on that. The writers do. But different discussion for a different day. The mm. great thing about baseball is that you can view it as you wanted. Tim Kirchner of ESPN was actually saying this. If you want to say, like, exactly what you just said, if you want to view Bonds as 73 as number one, like, I view that as number one, you do so. But if you want to say judges, whatever it's going to be, is the home run king, then you should do that. That's what's great about baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's just 36 years old, 73 home runs, head the size of a pumpkin. Uh, it's just, it's not the same thing to me. So that's why I'm going to not view it as a home run record. But everybody's got their opinion, I guess. You know, steroids make you what steroids makes you be able to recover faster no but they but that's the thing is you don't know like steroids guys took steroids and they sucked so some there's no this isn't a video game and you take steroids and you get plus five in all your attributes like some guys could take off from steroids and be amazing and other guys could just it doesn't really help them so that's why i think it's kind of just like there's no distinctive advantage that you could say it gives you. So how am I supposed to know that if Barry Bonds didn't take steroids, he would have hit 60 home runs or 30 home runs in his age 36 season. We don't know. By the way, I'm just, I, I do this some from time to time. I go and I look at his baseball reference page and oh, it's just stupid. The 2004 season, I mean, I, we may have even talked about this, I think is the most impressive season he had over the 73 home run yeah. season. Is that is that when he was like a 609 on base or whatever? Yeah, so he had a 609 on base. He had a 1,400 OPS. He was intentionally walked 120 times that year. He walked 232 times, and he only had 45 home runs. And by the way, he hit 362. Yeah. It's pretty damn impressive. Well, you ever see that? You've seen that video, right? What if Barry Bonds went up to the plate without a bat in his hand? No. There's no way. You've not, I've watched that video like three times. So I'll send it to you. It's like, one, you ever see like those SB Nation YouTube videos? They do all these like hypothetical. They do like those beef videos. They did one on like A-Rod and Jeter. And oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So let's see. What if Barry Bonds? No bat. Here we go. I'll send it. Actually, it's not SB Nation. It's Secret Base. Is it interesting? Watch it after the show. It's very interesting. He's interesting. Barry Bonds is interesting. And actually, I just read uh, a little quick headline here that uh, Barry Bonds is a big Aaron Judge fan. He would love for the Yankees outfielder to join um, Giants and break his home run record this season. Damn. So that's kind of what I want to talk about next. Don't, don't. don't. And I listen, I know... We're still in the middle of the season or toward the end of the regular season, getting to the postseason. 
And, you know, we're going to talk about Jacob DeGrom in a minute and how Buster only thinks he's leaving the Mets. And my viewpoint on this is I don't want to talk about the offseason, but guess what? The offseason's entertaining. The fact that star players, the some of the best players at their positions could possibly be leaving our city, our favorite team. So it's just a perfect, you know, viewpoint. Mm-hmm. But they could be leaving and joining other teams elsewhere. I think that is very interesting, and we're going to have to talk about it because I was sitting down at the dinner table last night, and I said to my dad, I said, you're going to be paying Aaron Judge for a season in which he's never going to have again. He's yeah. never going to have a season like this, and you're going to pay for it no matter the team. Right. Is it worth it? And I think the answer is 100% yes. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an overpay no matter what. I mean, most all the, con- the free agent contracts are, honestly. Um who do you think is more likely to go? This is my thing. The season that Aaron Judge is having, I think there is a better chance that a desperate owner throws a desperate contract offer out there that is just more than anybody would even think. Right. I don't know who that team is. Could it be the Giants? It could be. I don't know. But I would say just because of that. But again, the DeGrom contract would be easier. Right. Because it's short term. The thing with Judge. I would say Judge. I don't know what he's going to be asking for because now, like, you know, you hear like little rumors and the way, like, Boris is his agent, right? I don't think so. Isn't, is he not? I'm going to look it up right now. I'm, I mean, I might assume he is because. He represents everybody. No, but uh, Boris is not his agent. I'm going to get his agent. Not... Yeah. Hold on. Let me see. Um, but I've been seeing some stuff about like, yo, like what if he gets like a Carlos Correa type of thing where they just give him a couple years and a ton of money from some team, wherever. I don't think that's what Judge wants. Especially, I don't think that makes sense for him going into his age 31 season. I don't know why he would want to do that. I think he's just going to want a long-term deal and be locked in somewhere. Um, the number that keeps popping into my head, I don't know. This is crazy. You let me know. Because we've never seen a guy after this big of a year hit the free agent market, right? The greatest walk year maybe ever. Yeah. In, Eight- in any sport. Eight years, 400. That's crazy. That's That's, crazy. That's what keeps popping in my head. At that point, call me crazy. Why don't you do 10 at 40? Yeah, honestly, yeah. You You give him that sense of control. This is your last contract probably. You'll be paid $40 million a year at this number. Why not? And I think there's going to be a desperate team that throw because 10, 10 at 400 was the number. I that, That's what I was thinking of, that desperate team throwing that out there. I just wonder what his thought process is going to be like because, you know, he's like a union guy and all of that. Um, so I don't think he's just going to take a, a, a hometown discount from the Yankees. But, um, you know, if it comes down to he's got a 10-year – or a, let's say a nine-year, $350 million offer from the Yankees versus a 10-year, $400 million deal from somebody else, is he going to go strictly based off money, or will he say, I really want to be a Yankee, I'll take that deal? I think he's going to take 10 years. Yeah? 
fifty million dollar difference. Yeah, that's a lot. He's in a good spot. He's in a pretty pretty good spot. How about that? And you're right about that short term contract deal. Uh, I, I've heard that thrown out there. Even a five year contract at forty five million dollars, something like that, something right. crazy like that. To me, I don't think that's worth it because you're not setting yourself up for another big time contract. Yeah. You want the seven, eight, nine, ten, possibly a uh, year contract at whatever the AAV not, is going to be. He's not twenty-seven, right? It would make sense if he's he was 31. twenty-seven. Yeah, he's going to be hundred percent. It's it's, it's very terrifying. How on a scale from one to ten, how worried are you as a Yankee fan that he's going to leave? It's just because it's like. Kyle Steinbrenner and I don't know, like I just the way this team has operated over the past couple of years. And like, listen, they haven't been like cheap. Like obviously we've Garrett Cole who's on the biggest contract uh, that we a starting pitchers ever received. Um, but very, very nervous, like past a, a, a probably like a seven or an eight. Wow. Just okay. because. I don't trust them to dish the book out to him. And listen, usually I'd be like, all right, if it gets to a certain number, like that's crazy. But, but like with him, like there's no number. He's a, he's the face. He is literally the New York Yankees. He is the, the branding of your team. He's Derek Jeter. He's Babe Ruth. He's all those guys that you say like the pride of the Yankees. That's what Aaron judges. Last night I'm watching the game. I forgot I was a Yankee fan for a sec. I was like an, just like an Aaron Judge fan the whole time. You know what I mean? Like yep. he's at the plate. Everybody's freaking standing up for his at bat. Like I it's said, a World Series. Like it's a playoff series. Literally it's the last out. Sold out. I wanted to go to the game yesterday. The tickets were expensive. I'm like, all right, we'll wait. We'll wait. Me and my friends were like, wait till it gets down to like two hours before game time. The price should go down. We go to check. They're like double the price because there's no tickets left. Place sold out. Um. When when Trevino came to the plate in the ninth inning, I actually think Yankee Stadium would have booed if he had to walk off home run. I think so too. Because Aaron Judge was on deck. Like yep. no no joke. And then even they won yesterday. And maybe it's because now, like, all right, it's basically a lock that we're gonna win the division. We have a seven and a half game lead. But when uh when Donaldson hit the walk off, I was like, All right. I was like, nice. Like <laughs> once I'm like, let's go. All right, yeah, you clinched the playoffs, but all right, yeah, you know, it's whatever, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's a joke. I see all these Yankee fans reposting on Instagram. When you do the, it every season, clinch I mean, the postseason. Give me a break. Yeah, clinch the postseason for us Met fans. I mean, that's a big thing. It's only yeah. happened four times in my lifetime yeah. now. But when when you've done it that many times in the last four years, you don't really need to post it. No, and it's and it's not even like a oh you know we're we're so above that. It's like I'm just like, can we not celebrate this? Like we fall short in the freaking wild card and division round every year. Let's. There are different expectations. Yeah. Well, maybe not expectations, but different standards, I guess. Hundred yeah, percent expectation. Yeah. Um, you know what's crazy? Before we turn it over to the NL East, what? I can't believe. And listen, they've had a really good season. I can't believe the Yankees are not going to win 100 games. I I cannot believe that. I know. Unless they went on, you know, some kind of run where they go nine out of how many games do they have left? Eleven games. They got to go nine and four. Oh, they have thirteen games left. Yeah. 
Uh, I think there was 11 games left. All right, so maybe they can. Yeah. But either way, I still blows my mind. Yeah, they were at well, that point where they were, what, 60 and 23, whatever, and we just said they got to go like 500 to finish out the season with 100 wins, basically. Yeah, and they – there's a chance I mean, they don't do the that. month of August was terrible. It was just horrible for everybody. I'm looking at Glaber Torres' stats. I'm looking at John Carlos Stanton's stats. Everybody was terrible in August. Talk about useless. I know he had a home run last night. And the walk-off against the Pirates. Ten. He's he can't be happy with him. I mean, no, I mean, nobody no, can really it. be happy with him. He's got to pull it together. I mean, he was an all-star. And I know. now his stats on the season are down to like ooh. And the batting average was always low, and we talk about batting average doesn't mean as much. But now when you compile everything, he comes off the injury, he's struggling, and the batting average drops even more. Now it's like, come on, dude, yeah. what are you doing for me? I mean, listen, he's a career 265 hitter. He's never had a batting average under 240. His lowest with the Yankees was – I'm not even going to count 2020 because he played 23 games. Uh, yeah. 2018, his first year, he batted 266. So now he's batting 215. Right. You know, that's the thing with Stan. Everybody thinks this guy, like, can't hit for contact for whatever reason. In his three years with the Yankees, actually, I can't even count 2019 because he played 18 games. <laughs> but in his two fully healthy seasons with the Yankees, 288 and 273. Like, yeah. he hits for contact. Is, but, that, um, is Stan going to be a Hall of Famer? You know, it's close. I hmm. Probably. He's going to be a lot for 500. He's only 32 years old. So he'll hit 500 home runs. He'll hit five. Oh, yeah. He'll definitely hit 500 home runs. He's mm, not definitely, but he should hit 500 home runs. He's definitely going to hit 400. He's, he is 375 right now. Um, I don't think 400 gets him in. Nah, probably not. I think he needs the 500. But then again, he's, he's got, you know, 891 career OPS is great. He's got the MVP. Five-time All-Star, couple Silver Sluggers. Maybe if he wins a World Series, I mean, I don't think that should really make a difference, but maybe if he wins a World Series, that'll help him out. Um, he's been a great postseason player in his career for the Yankees, at least. I mean, the Marlins, I don't even know if he ever even make the playoffs with the Marlins. I don't think so. Um, I wasn't going to – oh, the Yankees. All right, just want to look at the Yankees' splits in August. Just crazy. You know their, you know, like that Pythagorean win loss thing. Yeah, their Pythagorean win loss is ninety eight and fifty one. Oh, they're supposed to be ninety eight and fifty one. Yeah. Now, pretty crazy. They're not ninety eight and fifty one. Um, show months. All right, this is going to be really entertaining. This is the team stats. Oh baby. All right. So, in June. They had a 798 OPS as a team. Okay. In July, they had an 835 OPS as a team. And then in August, 651. Holy cow. Yeah, they batted 221. Not not good. Not what you want. It's definitely not what you want. OPS plus was 74 in August, and it was Ooh. 122 in July. So, yeah, yeah August was not, not, not the best month. Not the Yankees month. Something that they will forget about quickly. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, back to Stanton for a second. Let's say he hits 125 more home runs, right? Mm-hmm. He would have, trying to do quick math here, 
235, 235 home runs, just about. Mm. 233, actually. That would give him around 20 home runs less than he had with Miami. Who does he go in as? Nah, he'll go mm, he'll go in as a Yankee, probably. It's nicer going mm. as a Yankee. It's yeah. better it's better for yourself to go in as yeah. a Yankee. Yeah, come on, dude. You can't stand up there with a freaking Marlins hat. All right. Let's uh let's move over to the NL East and the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves. Finally, the Atlanta Braves are slumping a little bit. Um, you see the month of September that Matt Olson's having? I do not. He's batting under a hundred. Oh, good. And Austin Riley also has not had a great uh, couple of weeks either. He's been struggling big time, but they are still a game and a half behind the New York Mets, who just came off a six-game winning streak. Still, game and a half lead. The magic number for the Mets to clinch the NL East is 11. It went down a game last night after the Phillies beat the Braves 1-0. Can't tell you how big of a Philly fan I am this weekend. If I could put Mm. a P right here on this hat, I would. I really would. Die Let's hard. go Phillies. Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, Ozzy Albies, that was kind of crazy with the Braves. Yeah. It's I not, mean, it's the, again, not what you want, but can I say this, please? And I'm not taking anything away from him. Well, actually, I might be. He, for his position, he's good. He's a solid player. Hits home runs. He's overrated. Yeah, he's an right. overrated he player. And I would take my chances with Vaughn Grissom, who I think is going to be a star at second base. Yeah, you're right. I agree. He is overrated. Um, What was that clip I saw about Gary Cohen? You know, I saw this. I saw this last night. I didn't think it was that bad. You know, he was like, Mm. he said something. He said, oh, you know, Albies came back from the injury. And then... And then Keith was like, and then he said, and he just left the game or something. He heard his fractured his finger and Keith was like, oh boy, that's not good. And Keith, uh, Gary said like, oh, nice to have you back or something like that. Yeah. He but said like, nice cut, seeing you, Ozzy. Yeah. But they cut the clip off. I think he said something else after too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's obviously, you know, not what you want or something like that. They walked it back real quick. Not walking it back, but I don't know if it was like that bad. I don't know. I got my Gary Cohen blinders on. I think he's a perfect human being. Uh, <laughs> um, that series in Atlanta is going to be fun. I hope. I hope that the division is still like really close when you guys play each other. I don't. If it stays like this, where it's kind of a game, game and a half, the Mets only have to win one game in Atlanta, and then. Mm-hmm. They can well, lose yeah. the next two. If they take a game, right. But like right now, the way it stands, if they play a game, if they win a game, then it'll be a half game leader. I don't know if they'll be they're only one back in the loss column, the Braves. Right. So I don't know if they'll be on the same amount of games played by that point, but let's just say a game. Who the Mets got last year's of the year? Washington. Oh, please. Although hey, they did they play him tough last time. Yeah. Yeah, and Washington just beat the Braves, no? Yeah, they 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 stole a game from that series. Yeah, come on now. Don't sleep on the Nats. You can't. They've been playing tough ball. And right after they took two out of three from the Mets, they went to St. Louis and took two out of three from the Cardinals. Oh, Luke Voigt, best national to wear 34. Yeah, really? Um, Anyway, it is. I really don't want that series to. Um, I, I hope that the Mets can clinch it there. 
clinch it with two wins in Atlanta. They're going to have DeGrom. As long as everything stays good, knock on wood, everybody's healthy, it's going to mm-hmm. be Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett. Yep. For that last series. So, for that second to last series. So, hopefully, that's how that stands. But it's it's been unbelievable, this race. Um, and the Mets had a little skid. They lost three in a row to the Cubs at home. got swept, but then they took care of business against the Pirates and the, and the Brewers. So, hopefully, they can figure this out. Keep keep winning. That's all. They a couple of days off next week before Atlanta, so it'll be good. I think I think the Mets will be fine. I think right now my confidence level at a very alarming rate is high. I think they're going to win the division. I'm right, like I'm fairly confident that they're going to win the division. But you know what? Else? Call me crazy. How 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 many days off do do the division winners have? A lot, like a week. I don't like that. You think they get stale or something? Not that I think they get stale. I think that, and listen, the teams that are going to have off are, are great teams, like great teams. But I just feel like you're allowing other teams to get hot, and that's what the postseason's about. You're letting these teams get hot. I mean, you're not letting them, but they are. They're getting hot, and they're going to go on a run, and they may be able to beat you in a five-game. I don't know. Yeah, I'm crazy. I don't love it. I get it. All right. Well, I got the doctor's office calling me, so let's go to break. All right. Sounds good. The S&E Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. We are back. Episode 75 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo. I'm with John Michael Masiri. JM, let's get into the NFL. Never stops. It's the greatest show in the world. It's actually taken over a day from the Lord. It, it took mm. over Sunday. It, you know, it's the Lord's Day. And in my mind, it'll always be the Lord's Day. But it's also the NFL's day. And... They're just that big. So let's talk about the NFL on Thursday, which I think they've taken over as well. Thursday uh, was an interesting game. It was all right. A little boring at times. Lost me a ton of money, but on one stupid last touchdown, but doesn't matter. Brown Steelers, uh, Browns avenge their heartbreaking loss to your New York Jets last week, and they beat the Steelers. And I think it's now time to ask the question, should Kenny Pickett be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers going forward? I don't see why not. Uh, I think it's a difference when you look at certain prospects coming out and in their rookie year, it's like, oh, we need to give this guy time. He's a little raw. Kenny Pickett's not a really young guy. I mean, he played, correct me if I'm wrong, he played all four years at Pittsburgh, right? Played a while at Pitt. Yeah. So, um, you know this guy's this guy's pretty pro ready, I would think, compared to the a couple uh, of his uh, his peers that you know usually come out of the draft at a younger age. So I think they should just throw him in. I think the Steelers should be content with having their first losing season in a while. You know, it's, it's not going to be a dumpster fire year. I don't think. I think they could still win seven or even eight games. But um, Mitch Trubisky's just bad and. You could kind of see, you know, I, I don't know. I wish like John Boy could get a breakdown or something, but yesterday I'm watching the end of the game and 
I don't know if you saw that clip of Pickens on the sideline talking to Deontay Johnson and, and Claypool, and they all look like pissed off. It really seems like they had to be talking about Trubisky or, or the play calling or something because they just seem really frustrated. The interview after the game in week two when they lost to the Patriots, Deontay Johnson basically said, Mitch Trubisky is bad. Like he was like, he's like, you got to hold the quarterback accountable too, which is kind of like, and then not, they asked Najee Harris. They're like, were you the design? Uh, was that wheel? Like, was that play designed to you? And he was like, he like hesitated. He didn't know what to say. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it was basically saying like Mitch screwed up. It I'll take the blame. It would have been a touchdown. Yeah, it was, it was the play was to me. Um, so yeah, I don't, I really don't see why they shouldn't, get him in there it's not like Mr. Bisky's like locked up with the Steelers no I mean if you have these players coming out and saying these things about him you know maybe not taking shots but almost indirect shots like enough's enough with Mitch I think that at the end of the day you should probably move on to a guy that could be your future and I think when you draft a quarterback in the first round it is inevitable that not only you know the fan base and the media is going to want to see this guy and see what he can do but maybe some of the players on this team that are going to be there for a little while also want to see what the next franchise quarterback could possibly do for the team. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it would be a bad thing at all, but you have to ask, is he ready? And if he's not ready, don't throw him out there. But if you think he's ready, there's no reason not to, especially if you have what people like to call the mini bye week here uh, playing Thursday night and not playing for another week and a half. Isn't it funny how the NFL just doesn't it it doesn't make sense? Like this is what I was thinking yesterday, making a joke with my friends. Because I'm funny, you know, hilarious. Yeah, you're uh, you're the funniest. Yeah, yeah. Um the, the 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 Browns beat the Steelers. The Jets beat the Browns. Right. The Steelers beat the Bengals. Jets play the Bengals Sunday. Gotta be an auto win, no? Gotta be. For, for the Jets. You think so? Lock it. Lock it in. No, but really, it's funny the way that works. It's like people, teams beat other teams, but then they'll be, you know, they'll beat a team that's worse than them or that's better than that. Like, it, it, there's no sense in the NFL. There's no rhyme or reason for no, it. No, not just, at all. It just so, happens. I don't know how to address the Bengals then. You know, you think about the Bengals, they just lost to, and we'll talk about them in a little bit, but they lost to Pittsburgh, and now Pittsburgh looks like crap. Let's talk about them. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is really good. I don't think there's any denying that. Even without uh, TJ Watt, for the most part, looked pretty good la- last night on the road. Give up 23 points uh, with a bad off play. You know, when you have a bad offense, not putting you in great spots. I don't think that was a bad performance from the Pittsburgh defense last night. No. They're missing one of the better players in the NFL. And TJ Watt, they're still good. On the Bengals side, they still have a massive problem. They still don't have an offensive line. Joe Burrow has been sacked 13 times in two weeks. That is not okay. And they made changes to this offensive line. They brought people in, productive people in. I remember seeing this uh, this quote from uh, Lyle Collins, <laughs> the, uh, the tackle they got from the Cowboys. I'm your new bodyguard. Well, your guy's been shot 13 times now, bud. You're not doing a yeah. great job. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about the Bengals last year and said they were kind of like an anomaly because 
Joe Burrow is getting sacked nonstop and they make it to the Super Bowl. It, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense how this is happening. You know, usually when we talk about in the NFL, we say you need to protect your quarterback. You need to protect your quarterback. If you can't, then you can't win ball games, whatever. And they were able to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. But I think that I don't know if I want to call it luck or it's just it's not it's it's running out. You're not going to be able to be consistently successful with a terrible offensive line. And I think it's proving right so far. I mean, they're 0 2. They, we talked about the the Steelers lost. They lost to the Cowboys, the Cooper Rush Cowboys. Uh, Micah Parsons had a field day. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. Obviously, they're playing the Jets. So I don't know if that's, you know, they lost to the Jets last year, but that doesn't really matter. So they're, they're still the favorites for this game. Um, obviously, it's a must win for them. I don't know how many teams have made the playoffs starting 0-3. It's a very, very short list. Not many have done it 0-2. But they better start winning some ball games because they could this season could be a disaster for the Bengals if they lose on Sunday. Yeah, listen, they uh you're right. I think they got lucky, you know, not A sustaining a terrible injury to Joe Burrow with the amount of times he was sacked and B actually winning games with a bad offensive line. But I think Dan Orlovsky was talking about this, and I'm not going to take credit for it because he is great, Dan Orlovsky is. And he was saying that the Bengals last year knew their weakness. They knew they had a bad offensive line, so they would call plays. Their offense was, you know, designed around getting the ball out quickly. Now it's not because they thought they were going to be able to upgrade their offense and upgrade their offensive line. They haven't been able to do that. Therefore, these play calls take time to develop. These plays take time to develop, and they can't now because Joe Burrow was under so much duress. They may have to go back to what they were trying to do last year if they're going to get anything out of this season. Otherwise, I think it could be a loss season. And at this point, I mean, I think I predicted them to make the playoffs by a game. I don't see them making the playoffs at all right now. Well, they, three. I think also, you know, teams might have figured them out a little bit. You give teams a full offseason defensive coordinators to scheme against them. You know, some they might have figured some stuff out. Um, what was I just going to say? Burrow, I mean, listen, hopefully Burrow stays healthy. You know, obviously his rookie year he got hurt, and if he's getting hit this many times, that, that starts to worry you. He also hasn't played very well. You know how bad he played week one? He threw, what, three yep. or four picks, something like that. Um, I'm excited for Sunday to see just a little bit about the Jets' side. I know the Jets aren't really a national story, but um, the corner matchups are going to be fun. I'm assuming I, they'll probably, in man situations, have Sauce on Higgins and Reed on Chase. I think that makes a little more sense just because Higgins is a big guy and Sauce is their biggest corner. Um. But that's going to be fun, and, you know, hopefully we see uh, a nice breakout game for somebody on that Jets defensive line. Maybe a little Carl Lawson, two sacks, something like that. But Yeah, that's something that uh, has not worked out for the Jets, right? The defensive line has not been good to start the year, so they need to improve there. Where's Quinn Williams been? I mean, I remember this guy coming out of college. He was just can't miss prospect and dealt with some injuries over the last couple of years but hasn't really lived up to that hype. They need him to become that guy Carl Lawson um coming off a big injury I think he'll get get it going but again I think expectations last week I think expectations were a little too high for Carl Lawson coming in yeah because I remember that the training camp they kept you know raving about against Mekhi Becton I think that was more Mekhi Becton you know being crap than than Carl Lawson being that great but 
you expect him to they, play a role on this defensive line. They haven't been too bad. I mean, Quinnen's been pretty good, actually. I mean, he, you know, he's an interior defensive lineman, so he's not going to have a ton of stats, and he's not a right. He's not going to have a twelve sack season. But um, Lawson had his first sack last week. Uh, the run defense wasn't so great last week, but it's a great run game. The, the defense looked great against Baltimore at home week one until you know they just got worn down. But uh, we'll see what happens. Bengals, not high on them. We'll see what happens this week. I think uh, I think I actually like the Bengals this week to go into MetLife and get a little revenge on last season and kind of try and turn their season around. I don't know if they'll be able to do it, but we'll see. Well, this um, is this is what happened. Before we move on, this is my last thing. Yeah. This is what happens when we talk about like teams like, oh, their schedule is so tough. And we talk about in the offseason, I always say like, Sometimes I want my team to have a tougher schedule in the offseason because I feel like half the time the teams that we thought were going to be good end up sucking. Like, now you look at this, the first four games for the Jets, the Bengals are 0-2, look like crap. So now all of a sudden this game is winnable. doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win, but it's realistic that they could win the game. Um, and then Pittsburgh looks like crap. They look like crap, and they lost, and they lost their best defensive player. Yeah. Not ideal. Not what you want to start the year, but it's definitely not as hard as you thought it was going to be. No. 100%. You're right about that. Uh, very quickly, the New York Giants are 2-0, and and they are going to be playing, how you just mentioned, Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys at home Monday Night Football. Can I just say this? The New York Giants are doing a whiteout, okay, on Monday night. Why are you doing a whiteout? Why? You are big blue. Big blue. This is the NFL. We are not Penn State. We are not a college team. Your colors are blue. I understand you're going to be wearing white that night. Who cares what the fans wear? Just go win the damn football game. You. This is what you do. These are just your your opinions that you just you love to get caught up in stupid stuff. What the hell's the difference if they wear white out or it's big blue? I think the white out's cool. Aren't they wearing their their color rush uniforms or whatever? You know, I, Those I said are gorgeous jerseys. You know sh- that they are nice jerseys, but JM, watch that crowd on Monday night. They're promoting this white out like you wouldn't even believe. Watch that stadium's gonna be half blue. I promise. There's no way they're going to – and they're not even giving out T-shirts. You would think – They're not? Just oh, that's stupid. I think they're giving out towels or something They're not like giving that. out a, a medium Pepsi. <laughs> what was no. that thing they did last year? <laughs> giving out a free Pepsi to whoever bought the ticket. So, like, if you went with four people, whoever bought the tickets could get the Pepsi. One and free medium Pepsi. Let's go. But just for reference, okay, the Mets tried to do a blackout uh, last month or something like that, right? They get at least they gave it didn't go well, but they gave out twenty five thousand black t shirts. Right, it, but the stadium was not all black. It just was a mixture of blue and orange and white and black. This is going to be a mixture of blue and white. It's I don't know if it's going to look good. I'm a little nervous. I'm, I think the Giants going to be embarrassed. That's my thing. Okay, I think they're going to get embarrassed, but I think they have a chance to win the game. How about that? And Cooper Rush, we brought him up before. I thought he was really impressive on Sunday against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Struggled a little toward the end. But I thought that was very impressive, a lot more than I thought we would see from Cooper Rush. Yeah, did his job. Um, Michael Irvin compared him to Tom Brady. Oh. So that was cool. Yeah, that's something. 
Yep. Um, that's definitely that's, something. Yeah. He, Cowboys fans. There you go. You know them. The this Dallas uh the, these uh these weapons that they have though, I think were I don't know if we kind of overrated them before the year, but it hasn't been what you thought you were gonna get, especially production from a guy like CeeDee Lamb. Mm-hmm. And listen, well, it may be the quarterback play, maybe the defenses that they're playing, but you thought they would be a little bit better. Mike we'll McCarthy moment. God, they got to get rid of him. Is it a foregone conclusion that it's just going to be Sean Payton at the end of this year? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, no unless, doubt about it. Unless unless they, you know, go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I think if they lost, I was having this conversation with somebody, they could lose in the Super Bowl, I think you'd make a change. By the way, this division's over. Oh, 100%. Over. 100 The Philadelphia Eagles, I am all aboard the wagon. And I tried to get you on the wagon. Let's they, move on to them. They are, and like, I was like on the, I predicted them to win the division, but it was because like they had an easy schedule and whatever. Right. I'm on the Jalen Hurts train 100%, which I always kind of was, but I was like, let's see how he does this year. Like before we, you know, I don't know how good he's going to be. Uh, you know, a little crazy, but uh, I think he uh might have his name in the MVP conversation towards the end of the year. He's not gonna win the MVP, but I think he'll he'll have I'll, his name floating around. I'll go crazy right now. They're the best team in the NFC, and I think they have a serious chance at at going to the Super Bowl, like a real chance at representing the NFC. In the Super I I underestimated Jalen Hurts the passer coming into the year. I, I think, think I did too. I didn't think they would be like slinging the rock that way they are right now. And it looks really impressive. He's taken that next step that we all said he had to, if this team wanted to be elite and he's doing it. I didn't think that maybe it would be this obvious, this massive step to the point where, like you said, he's in an MVP conversation, but he's taken that next step to make this team easily a top, Five team in the NFL right now. They're the running. Offense, yeah. Their offense is almost impossible to stop. Well, that's what it's I was going to say. They're running a beautiful offense because they can run the crap out of the ball. And now Hurts and the all passing game is clicking. So you, you have to defend the run. You have to defend the pass. So the play action is beautiful. They, they run RPOs. It's like they can run anything on you. Had a lot of guys, a lot of legal guys downfield though. Oh yeah. Three, three guys. I can't yeah, believe the that. Jets had a couple of those the other day too. That's um, what these RPOs do though. They're yeah. very they're really watching out for those yeah. calls, these refs. They're um they're running third and three, like halfback counters out of the shotgun and picking up five yards. Like it, they could do whatever. They have multiple guys that can run the ball, and they're a perfect example of, by the way, you do not need a good running back or an elite running back to yeah. win in this league. They have Hertz who can run. They have Sanders who he's a you know, I don't know what you would call him, but he's not getting paid a ton. How about that? Kenneth Gainwell, solid. Boston Scott, when he's playing the Giants, he's Barry Sanders. So <laughs> they are just a well-oiled machine right now, a great offensive line. They always have one. And the defense is really good. And by the way, the addition of A.J. Brown not only helps Jalen Hurts, and it's not only production for A.J. Brown, but it just helps everybody else in that receiving core that, now it opens the field up for Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, who's underrated, and other guys in that room. Mm-hmm. Was Watkins even? Yeah, he had a big uh, catch that the other day. Can fly. Yes, he can. He's a nice little number three receiver right there. Number four, if you're counting Goddard, they're really good. 
They mm-hmm. are really, really good. And you're right. Yeah, of course, the division's over. You know, I don't think the Giants are going to really come close to winning this division. I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs. But, you know, as it stands, they're tied for the division. That's really the only reason why you bring up the Giants in this conversation. But they're much better than the, the Cowboys. They're better than the Commanders. We'll see that this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's the Eagles. It's all Eagles. It's all Eagles. Uh. I think I, if I was a corner on the Viking or the Eagles, though, I think I could have picked off Kirk Cousins the other night. Do you that think was disgusting? Yeah, but Darius Slay was very impressive. Oh yeah, on yeah. Jefferson. Oh, and that cool. was something. Yeah, he's a he's a lockdown corner that guy, and they got Bradbury on the other side. All right, let's uh, talk about other two teams in the NFC that could be considered two of the best. I don't think they are, though. That's the Packers and the Buccaneers, and they're going to meet in Tampa Bay this Sunday at 425 on Fox. Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson on that call. This should uh, be interesting. They both took care of their business. By the way, I know you like the Saints. I'm completely out on the Saints. Completely yeah. out on the Saints. Not looking good. Not you- you can't consider yourself a serious contender to even win this division with Jameis Winston as your starting quarterback. You no. can't. No. I mean, no. he he that was the Jameis of of old. Yeah, we know. Or or just Jameis. That was Jameis on Tampa. Yeah. yeah. He's a little he's gotta take care of that football a little better. Um but I listen, it's setting up for you to be somewhat right because I don't and I think Tampa Bay's good. I think they're really solid. I think their defense is great but they aren't as good as they've been in the past, in the no. past couple of years. You're 100%, you're 100% right about that. Uh, Let's see. What's the one? Love the Packers this yeah. weekend. Love the Packers. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, it's close. It's really close. It's a pick-em pick game. Yeah, um, it's really close. I think in my head, the way I view both of these teams, I guess it's kind of just a I don't know, Um, but I'm definitely not confident in either of them. Right now, uh, I know I just said I love the Packers, but I the Bucks. I know we can never count Tom Brady out, and I don't know. I'm not going to say like he's washed and whatever because I don't think he's washed, but I don't think this is going to be a good year for them. I don't think he, it's. I think the NFC is just it's kind of wide open right now. And I think you might see some teams really break out and emerge. Like we're talking about the Eagles. And I think maybe a couple other teams might, might stand out as the the weeks go on, but I don't love the bucks and this offense. Yeah. I, I think the bucks defense is so good that they will kind of almost carry the load here for a little bit until the offense figures it out. You're hundred percent right. They don't look as good, but this Tom Brady looks miserable. He looks yeah. miserable. Why did he come back? He's throwing things. He's screaming and yelling all over the field. He looks like a dad that is trying to get his kids to behave in the park. It yeah. does not. He does not look like he's having a good time. Why did this guy come back? And they have injuries. Evans got suspended. Julio Jones, you know, missed last week. He might miss this week. Chris Godwin's out. They have issues, mm-hmm. but offensively they a lot of guys on the offensive line but he just looks miserable and by the way what the hell is bruce arians doing on the sideline i don't know what is that what's his role now is I don't, it a I don't senior even... advisor or some bs thing like that it's also really clear that brady really did not like him and no. the reason why uh 
Arians is out as coach and Bowles is in is because of Tom Brady. They can't make that more obvious. Oh, 100%. It's it's a joke. And and Green Bay, listen, their running game is unbelievable when they get it going. But if if you can stop the run against that team, especially this year with these receivers, I think you're going to have a better chance of winning these games compared to the past. This is not the same offense, clearly without Adams and other receivers. I think they're going to have to run the ball, and if they're not running the ball, they have a chance to be beaten. It's it's scary. If I'm a Packers fan, I'm worried. Yeah. This offense, like you just said, what's going to happen? Oh, it's got a weird pain in my elbow. Okay. Um, Come John. What's going to – yeah, left elbow. I'm fine. Oh, what's going to happen in the playoffs when they're down and or, or you know – the, the run's getting stuffed, and, and they got to air the ball out. Obviously, there's not a worry about your quarterback, but maybe as the weeks go on, you know, the chemistry gets better with these receivers or they understand the offense better, these young guys, and it gets a little better. But Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, all these guys, like, these are the guys you're going to be relying on? It's not good. I don't know. That, well, not- how much can Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon do? God forbid one of them went down. Then what are you going to do? So you're 100% right about that. They, uh, I definitely am a little worried about them, which is why I don't know if I would pick them this week. I mean, yeah. the, the Bucks' run defense is great. So I, I don't know if I would pick them this weekend. I think they'll be able to shut it down. I, I actually like the Bucks in this game. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, where are we going next? Where are we going next? The NFC, it's very, very interesting. Ah, uh, yes, but the AFC East may be even more interesting with these two teams in the division, the dolphins at home, hosting the Buffalo bills, big time underdogs at home, but the dolphins, what they did last week. I mean, we're, we're considering these two waddle and Hill, the best combo of wide receivers in the league. And I think there's rightfully so. Yeah. Um, all right. That line isn't crazy. Minus five. Uh, what do you, what do you like in that game? I would. I'm not betting against Buffalo. I'm not yeah, doing it. I agree. They, I mean, they're what's their point differential through two weeks? Like 50? 71, 72 to uh, oh. 17. Jesus Christ. I'm not um, betting against this team. I don't care where the game is. Yeah. I mean, listen, all right, the Dolphins look good. Obviously, great win for them last week. Um, I don't think they'll win the game, and I, I I think I agree. I think the Bills will probably win this game by a touchdown or more. Um, but I'll be I'll be honest. I'm a little surprised with the Dolphins so far. I mean, we're only two weeks in, but I didn't have them making the playoffs. I had them winning, I think, seven or eight games. Uh, I thought I thought this defense it was going to struggle, and I mean, listen, hey, it struggled last week. They got in a shootout, so we'll see how the defense plays the rest of the year. Uh, I wouldn't expect Tua to throw six touchdowns in a game, so let's no. see what kind of season he has as it goes on. Um, but you know, last week teams have good games and then teams have, or guys have good games and then guys have wow games. That was a wow game for the, for the dolphins where that's one of those games where it kind of reminded me of Lamar in his MVP year. Again, Ravens dolphins, when he came out week one through for five touchdowns, I'm not saying two is winning the MVP. That's not what I'm saying. He's not going to win the MVP. Um, I still, I'm still don't think two is that great. But I'm saying, as a team, and as the Ravens broke out that year, they went 14 and three. That was kind of a, the vibes from that game too. Yeah, it was a little different. The Ravens won like 55 to 10 in 2018, 
but that's an, an offensive powerhouse game that teams, like I said, teams will have good games. Like the Jets, their offense isn't great. They had a nice game last week coming back. But unless you're a very talented offense, you can't put up 42 and throw for six touchdowns. That's what the Dolphins did. So I think this offense could be very, very good for an entire season. They could be. Uh, one thing they don't do well is run the ball, which I think could be an issue for them. But again, when you have guys like this, maybe it's not. But defense is okay. Obviously, they got into a shootout. I think let's say they played Lamar Jackson. He was fantastic in that game. But again, they did shut him down when it mattered in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. So that was impressive. I think this team can make the playoffs. I think they will. A 2-0 start. Very nice. Um, it's perfect. They look good. Defense looked good in week one. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big Mike McDaniel fan. That, that That's where I'm at with this Dolphins team. I really like McDaniel. I think he'll find ways all season to get both of these guys involved and get them open. And I think he's going to make the game easier for Tua. Again, I'm not saying Tua is an MVP, but I was a big fan of Tua coming out of college. I still am holding out hope that he can be the quarterback for the Dolphins. You see all this stuff about um, was it Lamar to the Dolphins? Well, the first of all is Lamar to the Giants rumors. Bring them. Let's go. Come on. But Lamar to the Dolphins is also a rumor too. <laughs> I, that, I, I remember that rumor in the offseason. Yeah, I think after last week, they might have calmed down a little, but we'll see what happens with Tua as it goes on. Um, all Listen, right, I, have a question. I have a question for you. Yeah, Lamar, $50 million for the next five years. Be the quarterback. Let's, let's go. <laughs> let's, say, let's say the Giants go 7-10. and 10, Okay. Um, Which, obviously, you would take. I'd be disappointed um, at this point. Oh, shut up. They can just start um, three and one. Oh yeah. They can start four and oh. No, I think they're gonna lose on I think they're gonna lose Monday night. They're gonna lose to the Cowboys? And they're gonna beat the crap out of the Bears. The Bears suck. Okay. Um let's say they, they go seven and ten. Okay. Daniel Jones throws twenty two touchdowns and fourteen interceptions and has yeah. a eighty passer rating. Out. You guys have the 10th overall pick. Yeah. Or even whatever. Actually, you'll probably have a little higher, than, uh, lower than that. Like You have the 12th overall pick. What are you doing at the quarterback position? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, Stroud, Young. There's this kid, Levis. I'm pretty sure that's his name from Kentucky. Uh, this kid, Richardson. If he could get his head out of his ass from Florida and play a little better. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't. You got to get rid of Jones at that point. You're not bringing him back. I think it's obvious in the first two games they're winning in spite of this guy. So the Giants are gonna. Do you look at what's out there in the market? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know where this team's gonna be. You know. You know. There's gonna be some sort of pressure for them to re-sign Saquon too, especially if he has some big year. And they need to. And I trust this front office that they will not re-sign him. They cannot re-sign this guy. Please don't re-sign this guy. Right. Right. They can't. But I think, listen, they're going to look to draft a quarterback. And if there's something, you know, you know, if Lamar's out there or if uh, Jimmy G has a good year and he's out there, you know, and you want to make a play at him or those two guys, you do that if you don't like what you got at your position in, in the draft. But I don't know. It's tough. It's a really tough call. What if the, what if the Giants go 9-8? and eight? And they're nowhere near a top spot over there. And Jones has if, some 
eh year. Well, let's we'll see what the happens playoffs. in the offseason. It seems like it seems like there's a new quarterback on the trade market every offseason too. So maybe you'll look that, out with that. Yeah, go go get that quarterback. And listen, they're gonna have a ton of money to spend this offseason. So and they're gonna cut Kenny Holiday. Did you see two snaps the other day? Two snaps. Kenny Holiday played. He's already saying stuff in the media too, right? Well, they asked him. They were like, uh, you know, how do you feel about it? He's like, I'm mad. And Dayball was like, I hope he's mad. Yeah, you suck. You're bad. You're making right. a tight. You called it. I think it's the worst. con. It could go down as one of the worst contracts in franchise history, if not the worst contract in franchise history. And let's say sign Saquon, and that would be the worst contract. Oh, already. Dude, you're going to 10 years from now, five years from now, everybody's going to be like, oh, my God. Remember that? What was that guy's name? Oh, Kenny Galladay. Jesus yep. Christ. Yeah, that's going to be like the New York Delhi conversation thing. Everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, that one guy the Giants signed years ago. Throw him in the <laughs> throw him in the conversation with all the all the other guys that everybody likes to talk about. Jason Bay. Jason Bay's always brought up. Jacoby Ellsbury. Come on. Yep. That, he's Jermaine right Johnson. That... <laughs> Boom. Put yep. everybody in. You're right in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it here for us. Episode 75. Enjoy this beautiful Chris Fair this weekend. Enjoy the games, big baseball games. Aaron Judge, watch. And uh, let's watch, see if the Mets can win the division. Or uh, gain bigger lead. So, like, when you go outside today, have you been outside yet? No, not yet. Pants or shorts? Um, I'm probably going to do, like, one of these crew necks and a short. Shorts. Ooh, sketchy. Why? It's that cool. neck with the shorts. Well, I don't have any pants with me at school right now. Like, I'm still in denial. That it's fall. That it, the, the seasons actually change. Yeah, like, and listen, it's just a cold day today. I mean, next week it's gonna get a little colder. <laughs> I'm but... actually a little sick too. Oh, I've been sick for a few days. So. Everybody's sick. I know. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll do long sleeve and sweatpants. I can do that. Oh no! Why is there rain in the forecast for Sunday? No, big Italian feast in North Massapequa this week. You know, I kind of want to go to the San Gennaro Fest tonight. Go, please. Why don't you go? I'll meet you there. Um, All right. right. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you guys next week.